On today's episode of the podcast, I talk to a returning person, Mike Rees, the independent candidate for Wiltshire's Police and Crime Commissioner. Because the Wiltshire Police and Crime Commissioner elections have to be run again after what can only be described as a bit of a debacle with the Conservative candidate who won, it turned out, wasn't eligible to be part of the election. So we're doing it again. And I was lucky enough to have Mike come on again. And we didn't talk too much about that. We're really just getting back into what the position means, what it means for policing, what it means for the community, and actually why that's important and how it ties up with many of the things that Mike has done throughout his life. It's, again, a great guy. I love talking to him. I hope you enjoy it. Good afternoon, Mike. Welcome to the David Watson podcast. Uh, David, thanks for inviting me again. Always a pleasure to see you. You're very welcome. And uh, this isn't why I thought I'd be talking to you again. I thought we'd get into a boxing thing when we had the chance to catch up again. And uh, it turned out there was a little issue with the uh, the voting system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. slight issue. Yeah. yeah, quite an expensive one as well. But um, we are where we are, I suppose. Yes, because that is quite interesting, and I can only speak from what I've seen in the newspaper. And there seems to have been the Conservative candidate allegedly or apparently did declare his criminal record, and somewhere along the line, nobody pointed out that he couldn't actually run for office. Is that correct? <laughs> kind of publicly, it's not quite. It's not quite clear uh, as to what's happened. Um, it's very clear on the application form that you, if you've ever been convicted of an imprisonable offence, yeah, uh, you're not eligible to stand um, for whatever reason, and um, that I'm sure will come out in time. Mr. Seed has not declared that it would appear, and yeah. um, he's, he's obviously had. Well, he's saying he's had conversations with his party about it. Things he didn't have to, didn't have to declare it, but um, it's quite clear. I mean, if, yes, it's thirty years ago or, or whatever. Um, you know, and, and, and should someone continue to be punished for it? But it's quite clear on on, on the application form. Yeah, have you ever been convicted of a, an imprisonable offence? Now, I, I've never been to court, whether that's 30 years ago or 30 days ago. Um, but I'm sure if it was 30 years ago, I'd certainly remember it. And yeah. um, I'd certainly, well, it would take you, what, seconds to look online to see if it was an imprisonable offence. So I don't know what's happened. Uh, we are where we are, as I say. Yeah. Unfortunately, the taxpayer is now going to have to foot the bill, which is going to be something like 1.4 million. I did see that, yeah. And... Um, yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's interesting from my perspective. Obviously, I I was lucky enough to talk to you long beforehand, and I was interested immediately because you've always declared your uh, being independent. And just so that people are, cl are clear, you, you and I are only stating what we've read in the papers, sort of thing. That. Yeah, um, what I've heard through the grapevine. Yeah, and, and I'm the Thames Valley Police are investigating it, and I'm sure it'll all come out in the wash, as we say. But. Yeah. Um, that that's the bottom line is, you know. You, and you, you got a lot of votes as well, though, didn't you? You got is it just over thirty-one thousand? Well, yeah, I, I got almost almost thirty-two thousand. Um, 
never having done an election before, I didn't know whether that was good or not, to be honest. All I saw was a campaign. I was impressed. Yeah. I've got to be honest. I was like, oh, yeah, he's doing all right. Um, but I was, you know, uh, people from other parties came up to me at, at, at the count and congratulated me and, and said that was, you know, for an independent, that was an amazing number of votes. So, but the gap between that and the Conservative candidate, which which still amazes me, was, you know, considerable. You know, it was more than more than double the number of votes that I had on most of the other candidates. And, um, but I, I do so wonder I, how many people are just voting because it's a Conservative county and they're just going for the Conservative guy. Yeah, and I think a lot of it was to do with the fact that um, people were in the in the ballot box anyway, voting for yeah. local councils, etc. With the lockdown, a lot of people would have turned out because it was a day out. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> There's some truth in that. Um, and, you know, and a lot of people don't know what the PCC is. They were probably just handed a ballot paper with it on and thought, oh. I don't know what it is, and just voted for their for their um, usual party. So, I, mean, I, I was but, fairly confident. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. I, I, I was fairly confident that, you know, 95% of your votes were people who actually knew who you are and wanted to vote for you. Yeah, yeah. And um, I would hope that they, they would turn out again. Um, but that's a big, big gap to close. Um, so, But is it? Because I wonder how many people will turn out again. Because, like, like yeah. I said, pe- 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 people like me who, who, who did genuinely vote for you and have said to people to vote for you, I'm going to turn up again. I'm going to vote. Do you know what I mean? Because it, yeah. it matters to me and it's important. And you have a boxing yeah. club and I like boxing. So, you know, yeah. you, <laughs> it's probably all right, actually. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I'll ignore the fact he's an ex-policeman because he's got a boxing yeah. club. Yeah, any, any reason will do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. Just put the X there. Don't get it wrong, David. Yeah. <laughs> do yeah. you know what I mean? You- you weren't one of the ones who drew some graphic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do you know that that always baffles me? Right? Like, why would you go all, do all the effort of walking down to a ballot place to deface yeah. a ballot? You could just not turn up. But there's some, you know. I mean, I'm happy that I don't understand how that mind works. That I'm yeah. going to go down there. I'm going to show him on my anonymous ballot. <laughs> I'm going to draw something. It was in fairness, you know. It did break. It did put some light heartedness into the day because being at a count is not a lot of fun. I can tell you that now. No, I guess uh, it's not. And so when we were called over to look through the spoiled papers, it was actually quite entertaining. <laughs> so, like, people, had, uh, the length some people had gone to. So it did break the day up a bit. So we're, we're, uh, thanks, did, you know, yeah, yeah. Did, I mean, I take it then some of them actually put in a reasonable amount of effort. Yeah, some like pages, a whole page of text of why they shouldn't be a PCC. Well, just what? don't vote. <laughs> <laughs> Why go to all that trouble? It's a wonderful <laughs> democracy we live in. You don't have to vote for yeah. it. You could yeah. even start yeah. an online petition and get them removed. But, um, yeah. You know. yeah. So, so we're back in yeah. it. And this time round, because I have mine here, because it's come through my doorbox. Yes. We have leaflets <laughs> and everything. It is... So just because initially you weren't sure whether you would do it again. Yeah, it it's hard to describe. I mean, this has been well. Now we're sort of getting on for eighteen months since since I first put my name forward for this. Then we had the postponed election, and it's um, when you're trying to run a business, trying to um, deal with your family life and family issues, and your boxing club, your boxing commitments. 
it's hard work. It's hard work to uh, fit fit everything in and and do it justice. And um, when I looked at the gap between myself and Mr. C, um, and the toll it had taken on on me individually, my family, and the business, I thought, do I really want to go through this again? And um, and I thought of all the, the whys and wherefores, and I've got a great amount of support, and I'm really grateful for the people that have, have been helping me through this. But I think the one uh, the one thing that really made me go for it is I just hate losing. I hate losing. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, let's come back for round, well, three now, I suppose. But, uh, yeah. If you're in the fight, you're in the fight, aren't you? Yeah. I thought it's another, it's another couple of months of my life, and I've, I've done it this long. Let's let's just keep going, keep going, and, and and whatever. Like I said last time, you know, my life will still be good when it's all over. If I don't get elected, if I get elected, great. If I don't, no, I still enjoy. I yeah, still for sure. Life. But you know, just to give some people some background as well is, you know, you have to pay the five thousand pound out of your own money. Yeah, and and thankfully I got that back after the, but, <laughs> the last election. But but there's there's a significant difference, isn't there? Because you're yeah. you're not backed by a party. No, and and they do get that paid for them. I think it cost me because we had to put our expenses in uh, recently for the last election. I think it cost me personally on top of that five thousand about two two and a half thousand. Um, and and of course I'm going to have to spend that again yeah. this time. Um. I've got I've got a real good uh, PR team with me. Um, they've been with me right from the start, and they said, "Mike, if you go for this again, you can't stick to this. We're not spending any money um, yeah. on the campaign thing." And it, you have your GoFund page, maybe. They said we've got to do GoFundMe, and it just went against all my principles of you know the, the amount of money we we needed, which was somewhere around ten thousand. You really put that money to good use in the community and um to just spend it on little old me um, little old council boys trying to be the pcc it, it just didn't sit well i said well look if, if you want to do that that's fine but i'd rather be detached from it and i really don't get me on, i really genuinely appreciate it. and it's 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 amazing that people are willing to support you yeah um so yeah, so I owe it to them really to, to stand again. Apart from the fact that I hate boots, I, I owe it to the people that have been following me and backing me. And uh, I thought it's another two months, let's, let's go for it. Yeah. So, yeah. Because I think it's important that people understand it. You know, the, the significant difference is you are actually, you're paying for this yourself. Do you know what I mean? Is yeah. you, you're fronting the money up. You're, you're putting money in that yeah. you won't get back to some. I know you get the 5,000 back because people voted for you, but that's still yeah. a risk up front. And then that, that is a risk. Yeah. You know, and there's still you know two and a half, three thousand pound that you've paid for that doesn't come back. So there is the significant difference is is you are literally doing this because you just feel that it needs to be done, that somebody needs to do the job properly. It, it's not a political yeah. gain. No, I, I, I mean I'm, I'm not being funny. Said, there's nothing in this for you, is no. there? Not really. I don't. I think I said last time it's not a job I need in my no. life. Um, I just think someone has to make a stand here. And, and uh, try and change things, keep policing away from political influence, hmm. um, you know, and, and police in a neutral manner. And um, I feel really strongly about it. And uh, like I say, I'm quite a principled bloke. So um, 
in the absence of anyone else sticking their hand up as, as an independent candidate, uh, I, I just went for it. And, um, and, I, and I think, you know, I think I can do uh, a good job for the public of Wiltshire. I didn't think that I wouldn't do it. So, yeah. uh, you know, and, and people look at me as an ex-cop a lot. But there's been a lot of criticism of, oh, you're just an ex-cop, job for the boys and all that. I go back to, I don't need this job. I'm running, you know, I'm not, I'm not a one-trick pony. I've I've been running businesses now for seven years successfully. Yeah. Carved out a nice um, life for myself, boxing and community work that I do. And yeah, all, all, all's good. And um, but I'm not going to cry if I don't, if I don't win yeah. the election. It's, it's, I'm not using this as a stepping stone to something else. I'm doing it because I do genuinely want to make a difference. So No, because I mean, that's the thing. It's, it's a strange criticism to say, well, you, you're an ex-cop, you know, because... Yeah. I kind of because I think people misunderstand something about the police, you know, like, you know, and, and this is a job that covers the whole of Wiltshire and mm. who you, you need somebody that actually does understand how difficult it is to be a police officer yeah. and does understand the difference between police officers that are just under stress, police officers that are struggling, knows when a police officer is doing a good job knows when a police officer was doing a good job, but just the shit hit the fan or whatever. Do you know what I mean? And it's just like, no, that's a human error. I made that as a young Bobby or whatever. And, yeah. and, and yeah. somebody who knows when a copper or a police officer is actually, no, no, you shouldn't do that. As a police officer, yeah. you should know better than to behave that way. And, the, and yeah. it's two very distinct differences. You know, in any role, anybody with some experience knows when somebody just, look, trust me, that that was just an error of judgment. It was poor judgment, or actually, you would have done the same in the same position, as opposed to, no, that person's manipulating their position and should know better. And you know that level of experience comes from, you know, was it twenty five years on the police force? Was it thirty? Thirty years. Thirty years. Sorry. Um, yeah. Uh, unless you've you've done that job, it's really difficult to understand it yeah. and um, what you're dealing with and. I do sometimes, you know, sometimes the police get criticised and I think, yeah, fair point. And sometimes they get criticised when it's really unjust. And people who have never, ever been in a violent situation in their lives. Yeah. Oh, they shouldn't have done that. Well, the police officers are human beings, you know, and you're under stress. Oh, well, they're trained to do that. Yeah. Let me tell you, the training, no matter what training you've got, it cannot prepare you for a, a, a baying. Like if we talk about the Bristol situation, I know it's not wheelchair, but, no, but just it's, for example, policing Bristol, is policing. Uh, that is scary. I've been in situations like that several times in wheelchair, and it's scary. Mm. And you may not behave in, in a rational manner at times, but should you get hauled over the coals for that? Yes, we did training, but it doesn't prepare you for the real thing. When someone is actively trying to beat you to a pulp, yeah. you are going to react as a human being in the way that you feel is appropriate at the time. Indeed. And, you know, people can cry and moan about that, but I'm sorry, for me, sometimes violence has to be met with violence. And, and if people don't like that, then it's unfortunate, but that's how it gets sorted. I always have a, a slightly different outlook than that to you. As somebody that's never been a protester, you don't want to get kicking off the copper don't try kicking them first 
it's pretty simple. Always... You, you can have peaceful protests. They're called peaceful for a reason. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But the yeah. minute they turn to violence, well, then, you know. Yeah. yeah. It's how did that situation where maybe someone got hurt, a member of the public, they were being violent. It was as a result of their actions. This is what I'm saying. I know people yeah. talk about how these things can escalate and was and can it be managed. Probably in hindsight, you can look at every event and say maybe if we'd have sent them down that street instead of this street, or if we'd have done this or done that. Or in many cases, they say a stronger police presence. Mm. But if you're not, if you're a police officer just stand in the line like you've been told to, and 400 mm. people decide to walk towards the line, I don't think they're handing out um, cups of tea and biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And I know what, and I know what I'd be thinking if I was a police officer. And also, I know what I'd be thinking if I was a protester. I know yeah. damn well what I'd be thinking if I was at the front of the line heading towards a copper. I'd be looking for the one I thought I could take out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just true. Look, yeah. you know, like you say, we're all human, and when people criticise the police, all right, and I say this as an ex-offender, so I've got no reason to defend the police. Do you know what I mean? I've been a dickhead. I've had both sides of the results, you know. Yeah. Um, but with a little of sort of reflection and maturity and stuff like that, you realise, oh, yeah, you was a dickhead, weren't you, David? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. And and I actually, ironically, before I ever got into trouble with the law, I used to be an appropriate adult in London, up in Kingston, yeah. in Norway. So I've yeah. dealt with offenders in custody suites, yeah. high, drunk, sober, violent, aggressive, and I'm the guy that's actually defending them. <laughs> you, know? Yeah. <laughs> you know and it's amazing how many of them are like having to go at me as a, as the appropriate adult that's actually protecting them potentially from an, a, mani a manipulative officer and defending their yeah. rights and their attitude towards me and like you said yeah. i have met i would genuinely say 99 percent of the police officers i came across were good 100 percent, hands down but as a police officer or oh, a conversation i once had with a police officer and this applied to me as well. You're only there because you've been arrested. Yeah. It's the only reason you're in a custody suite. You've been arrested. Yeah. So it's never a good way to meet police officers. And yeah. And yeah, I say police officers are human beings and they're yeah. always they're always bad. They're always bad apples in any organization. Mm. There are always people that will let that organization down. And if you look at the Sarah Everard uh, yeah. thing recently, you know. And then, it, like all police officers are uh, murderers or rapists, you know, what happened was disgusting. But you will find that all police officers are disgusted by what that Wayne Cousins did. That's the thing. And, and, it's, it's and a dangerous line when we tar an entire yeah, yeah. force yeah. by the actions of one person. Yeah. Because um, I've been in plenty of custody suites where people are spitting and kicking, and all they're being asked for is their name and address and their details. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. that same police officer on his next shift will have to then go outside, be walking the streets and be dealing with anybody. And the last person yeah. they spoke to was spitting in their face. You know? yeah. Or yeah. they're the ones that are going to go and tell somebody that I'm really sorry, but so-and-so's had an accident. You, know, you need to go. Quite, yeah. Almost every day you'd be driving to work thinking, what's yeah. going to happen today? What am I going to face today? And, um, and that, that's no different now. You know, police officers have that mental stress. Yeah. Um, there's violent situations, but they do a lot of good work as well. But um, that just seems to be brushed aside as well. That's their job, you know. But <laughs> it, the good work is 
that's their job. Well, yeah, come on, you got to go, you know, reward them as well as criticize. So I, I, I you know, like I said, I've, I've said this before, I personally think that generally across the country, our police force do a great job under circumstances that I feel have become incredibly difficult because as much to do with politics as anything else, because largely nobody seems to do much about ringing the praises of the police, but they're very quick to criticise them when it when it's mm. all going wrong. And often or not, it's for a headline without yeah. ever ever exploring yeah. what may or may not have gone wrong, if, if anything went wrong at all. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't win. It's the bottom no. line. At least you can't win no matter what you do. Uh, but I just think sometimes the criticism is justified. Um, a lot of the time it isn't. And uh, just people need to be a bit more realistic. But, you know, they are human beings and they're just reacting to what's in front of them. And I'm just going to go through some of the things on your leaflet. Do you think things like the stronger presence help that in the community? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What do people want from the, the, the police service? They, essentially, they just want to feel safe, don't they? They just want to feel safe. And they want to know that if they need a, the police, they are going to respond in a manner that that person would expect them to. Essentially, that's, that's if you did that, Everyone be happy, wouldn't they? Everyone be happy. And um, but you know, I think closing police stations, the the lack of staff, um, community policing really is not visible, and um, it needs to be more visible. I think it makes feel people feel safe. But not only that, that's how you get your community intelligence. You know, you get to know people in the community by being there for a while getting to know your shopkeepers your licensees your locals your local bad people you know mm. they will talk if you build a relationship with them they may not like you but they will generally talk to you and mm. um, it's amazing what people will tell you when when you get to know them and, and if you withdraw from the communities you're going to lose that intelligence stream and policing works on intelligence that's what police react to is intelligence so for me, a visible presence and, and getting in the community is, is really important. So, yeah, that's from the presence. I mean, I, I remember growing up as a teenager in Ainsbury. I knew the three local coppers, and they knew me. Do you know what I mean? Two of them knew my yeah. parents, um, as it turned out, because more often than not, as I got into trouble, rather than the trip to the police station, we're just going to take you home and have a word with your mum and dad, David. You know? yeah. And that was really done because there were police officers who walked on the street. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And because they used yeah. to walk around town, and because whether you liked it or not, they when they saw you for the first time, who are you? What are you doing? Why are you here? Turn out your pockets. Yeah. You're not old enough to be smoking. Hand them over. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then when you kind of did get into a little bit of a scrape, because that's what teenagers do, um, we weren't really arrested. We were just either given a bit of a rollicking or taken yeah. home. They'd just have a word with your parents while you were sat there. And you know what? I think that is a good way to deal with things rather than criminalizing kids. And mm. But the problem you've got now is that a lot of the time you'll take them home and the parents will defend their actions, defend yeah, the actions yeah, okay. of the, the child. And, you know, so how, how do you resolve that? You, you know, I would much prefer take uh, take the child home, speak to the parents, say, look, they've been up to this. Can you make sure it doesn't happen again or whatever? For me, that's a good way of resolving issues. But it doesn't seem to happen too much now. No, and actually I, I've experienced that firsthand because when I was an appropriate adult, 
we never people don't understand this but i don't know how many people are aware of the appropriate adult scheme but it, it is a, a fantastic scheme or at least it was back in the uh, late 90s and early noughties when i was involved in it and we never dealt with we predominantly dealt with people with mental health issues but we were also given funding by kingston police station to deal with juveniles because yeah. about 50 percent of the people they were detaining um, that could do with an appropriate adult were juveniles. Now we were there because their parents weren't interested because if they were in social services, were in a care home, social yeah. services or the care home would have to come out. But about 70% yeah. of the people we dealt with because Kingston police station provided 50% of the funding because 70% of the people we were coming out for were people who had parents at home, but it's just like, I ain't coming yeah. out for them. Sodom. And you'd be like, yeah. what? This is your kid. I don't care. And people, I, I think it's difficult for people to understand, like, and, and I, I'm desperate to try and get this across to people that when you're sat at home looking at your kids at nine o'clock at night or eight o'clock at night and you know where they are, it's very easy to think that that's because everybody on your street is the same, that that's what homes are like. And it's very easy mm. to think that if kids are not being looked after, social services or care homes have got hold of them and that they're under that sort of umbrella of protection. But that's not my experience. Firsthand, yeah. that isn't my experience. There are lots of children sort of from 14, 15, 16, 17, once they come 18, we never got involved in them, who were in trouble. Their parents didn't care, weren't mm. interested, and they, were, they would give their hind teeth to get into care because then somebody might actually care about them. And again, this yeah. is another thing, the dark side of being a police officer that the, that the police have to deal with. Yeah. I mean, and then you've got the other issue where you do have really good parents, but the kid is just, for whatever reason, going off the rails, whether they're hanging around with the wrong crowd. Yeah. You know, and I, 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 you know I've got personal experience of that, um, not with my own uh, kids, but with, with friends, where they've got a real good home life, but because they're going with the wrong crowd, they're going off the rails. And... Um, We've tried all sorts of uh, tactics to try and yeah. get them back on track. And it's, it's just, where do you go from there? You know, even as a parent, where do you go from there? That's it. And, um, and you know, when, when people are, like you say, people like yourself, and there's plenty of police officers out there, genuinely want to build relationships with the people in their community. Yeah. yeah. People join the police to do good. Yeah. You know, um, Keep people safe, catch the bad guys. That's what it's all about. And um, they don't join to, for any other reason, from what I can see. Well, other than myself, who joined for the money. <laughs> <laughs> Had to get out, Wales. As, a, as, a, as an eight, uh, yeah, as an eighteen-year-old, and I saw what we were in. That uh, that is the honest truth. I, I'd never considered it till I saw a job in the ad, uh, an ad in the job centre. But the money wasn't good enough to keep you for thirty years. So I think we can say you probably started to enjoy it. Uh, yeah, it was hard for the first couple, especially as an eighteen-year-old, where you know nothing about life really. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, I did enjoy my service, and, and it was hard at times. But uh, there's some memories that will stay with me forever. You know, some really, really good, some not so good. Yeah. And uh, most police officers will go through that, and, and that that mental trauma um, you have to deal with as well as as the good times. And and that's you know because that's another of those things with, with police officers, isn't it? Like you say, the police see horrific things throughout their careers. It's 
they're not one-offs. It's things that you, you know, I about to say you and I can't imagine, you know, but people, yeah. things that, that I couldn't imagine. That if I came across um, something like a death, a murder, a rape, whatever, it's accidental. It's not something that when I get that call, or I get told that I'll have a sixth sense of this is what I'm walking into. Mm. You know, and there's multiple times that will happen throughout a 30 year career. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I've been to all sorts of things, suicides, sudden deaths, murders, rapes, terrorism jobs. Uh, yeah. And, and yeah. And yeah, I've seen, I've seen a lot of horrible things like most police officers have. Um, you have your own way of dealing with that. Everybody has their own way of dealing with it. Um, but there are still things that even now, uh, and in fact, only when I was relating, relating it to someone the other day, I still got emotional about one particular incident mm. and um, about laughing at the same time because I was getting emotional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's, that's you know what, what happens, I mean? isn't it? But yeah, and uh, yeah, so things do stick with you. And, yeah. and it, certainly, certainly during my service, the I think the most you ever got was a leaflet through uh, dispatch saying, uh, well, if you're affected by this uh, trim trauma incident management, contact trim. Hmm. But certainly in, in my day, like, uh, you know, the police is quite, uh, I think it's got uh, less so over the years, but it was always seen as quite a macho job. Yeah. And uh, being, being seen as maybe having uh, mental issues, was seen was seen there's no doubt that it was seen as weakness yeah and you know, i'm not going to gloss over that certainly doing a lot of my service that would be seen as as weakness and i think over the years we've got better at understanding uh the trauma side of things and things have been put in certainly within lots of things have been put in place and things are better but it there's still need there's still a lot of work to be done from from the people i'm talking to um still in 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 the force, uh, whether they be civilian staff or, or uh, police officers, there's still a long way to go. And um, so that, you know, if I got elected, that is something that, that I would be looking at closely because, um, yeah, it might be expensive to get counselling, etc. but you'll reduce your sickness rates, you know, and all sorts of stuff. So, And you protect the officers. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, and they do need you know, a lot of the things they see are, are nasty yeah. and um, or even being assaulted can, can have an impact on people, you know. So, yeah, it, it's a really important issue. And um, whilst whilst I think we have got better, I keep saying we, I'm not, I'm cleaner. <laughs> no, but, but actually that's probably a good reflection of what it means to you because you still never actually detached from the 30 years you were in the police force. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, I think, yeah, I think things have got a lot better, but there's a long way, you know, there's a lot more that can be done to support staff. And um, you look at mental health out in the community as well. Post-COVID, that's going to be... Horrific. Well, it's going to be, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm already hearing stories of uh, around that. So, yeah, mental health is going to be a major, major issue, not just within uh, the police service, but, but within communities as well. So... Um, yeah, that's, that's going to be something to really focus on for whoever gets the link. Because one of the things as well is, I've noticed this since the last time we spoke, um, is you, you're definitely doing a lot more interviews and you seem to be talking to a lot more 
people in the so are there any common themes that keep coming up uh, mental health uh mental health comes up a lot yeah. um I, you know i have spent quite a few people around that um and, and as we've talked about before um visibility visibility yeah. is an issue police stations are an issue um but yeah, I'm, I'm getting out to it. It is difficult, as I say, when you're trying to run a business. Um, I seem to be getting a lot more phone calls than I had last time. So <laughs> maybe, maybe I've done something right along the way. Yeah. But yeah, you, yeah. you definitely have because, you know, you don't get nearly 32,000 votes. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It is, I think it's a lot more of an important issue than people than people acknowledge, you know. And, yeah. and I, I, you and I sort of discussed this last time, but like me, who's somebody who lives in Amesbury, who has a police station down the road that I think they use as um, police officers are in there, but it's not open to the public anymore. So, and it doesn't yeah. seem to have a, um, the, they don't seem to use the detention area or it just doesn't seem to be operating in any way, shape or form, but you do see police cars coming in and out. So I'm assuming yeah. it's like a layover place for police officers and things like that. And again, Salisbury still doesn't have a, an official police station that you can walk into, and you know there's no custody no. suites in, there's no custody suite in no. Salisbury, there's no custody suite in Amesbury. And going back to something you said about there is, like I said, it, I know I don't want to keep sort of dragging on about when I was a kid, but when you used to see police officers walking out of the police station and walking into the police station, you know, 500 yards from the town centre. Yeah, you kind of always knew there were police about good, you know, for good reasons oh. and bad reasons. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> How long have we got to get away with this? Yeah, yeah, yeah but do you know what I mean? When you're when you're 14 years old, yeah. sort of thing, you know, you know, you, you got and you're trying to smoke cigarettes and stuff, and you know, and the local police officer knows you're not 16, yeah. and yeah. you shouldn't have cigarettes. You know, you sort of oh, no, we'll walk around the other way because you know, so and so we yeah. might be about. You know, I, I'm I'm totally against. Um... You know, there was 10 police stations up for sale. That was quite a shock to me, and I'm not sure if we talked about that last time, but um, totally against um, the sale of police estate. Once it's gone, you'll never get it back. No. And um, there has to be another way of, of saving those police stations by working in partnership with well, maybe mental health services or citizens' advice, because a lot of what police get phone calls about, you could direct to... You know, it relates to citizens' rights, really. So yeah. they're in the safe building, you know, ideal. That's just off the top of my head. Um, but, you know, there's got to be some way of still keeping that police thing within within the communities and a, and a place of sanctuary for people. And um, the sharing council offices, whoever thought of that, really, it, it, to me, is just ridiculous. And, um, you it's and not I both know it's some accountant somewhere. Yeah, yeah. But, and it's not good no. for, for the county staff. And uh, how on earth you can go in there and, and have a sensitive conversation or try to go in there anonymously. What a, you know, ridiculous, ridiculous situation. Uh, and again, if I, if I was elected, that's something I would look at. And Salisbury not having a police station uh, or a custody suite is a major issue. Now, that involves huge financial implications if you want to try and replace that. Um, you know, and there's one particular councillor who's particularly vocal against me, but um, nobody listens to him anyway. And, yeah. Uh, he, he's, you know, he says he's tried everything to do that. Well, it's not me. 
And, uh, you know, so that's certainly something. I think Salisbury needs a police station of some description and certainly needs a custody suite of some description, whether that be a, a full-time one or just at weekends. You know, it's something that needs to be explored. One of the things, I don't know if you have any insight on this, but we, we know historically communities thrive when they have local police. We, 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 we know that this is psychology kind of 101, that police presence means happier people. It does, it, I don't think it ever has actually been proven to reduce crime because hmm. people that do crime don't care about where the police are <laughs> about the law. They just care about whether they're down the road or down in the other village. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. um, so, but it, psychology, psychologically, communities always feel better with a police presence. So yeah. I don't understand why this, I don't know if system is the right way of describing it. It's, keep trying to undermine that and remove it. It's um, apparently a smarter way of working where they can sit in their vehicles and, and do their, their paperwork on laptops and, and stuff. It's not smart. To me, it's not a smarter way of working. No, and, um, yeah, to me, that's a supermarket factory. way to work, a factory way to work. Yeah. It's not a community yeah. way to work. No. And um, no, you need to be out in the community. And uh, all right, if you've got paperwork to do, go, go and sit in a, a local cafe and talk to people while you're in there. Yeah. You know, why you just, you know, just an idea, but. <laughs> but it's, a, it's not hard, is it? It's, it's not just like, uh, oh, why didn't yeah. you go? Like you say, why didn't you go into a local cafe? You know, yeah. they, they go into coffee shops anyway to buy coffee. And people will talk to you. Yeah. People will talk to you. And, um, you know, when, when I go out, people, even after seven years, people still see me as old Bill. And yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> was your tired with that brush mate i'll tell you uh, mike because yeah i know, I know. <laughs> but because you're drinking with them or whatever you know they trust you you know them and you find out all sorts in fact i, I don't think as much goes on in miles without me knowing about it to be honest but yeah. you know and, and that's for me that just says get out in the communities police officers get out in the communities and and uh we're not really seeing that at the minute and I know they're trying to address it, so I don't want to be totally critical. I know they've got a new sort of community policing um, method, uh, and let's see what happens. But for me, that's that's a really important thing for for people. And um, again, we need to make sure that that happens. Because there must be as well, kind of like that that same kind of community philosophy runs alongside having the boxing as Jim, doesn't it? It, it? Sorry, in what sense? Well, well, in the sense of it's, it's a place where people can go, where you, you, you actually have to listen to people. You, you have to find out what makes them tick, what makes them switch on, what makes them switch off. Because everybody in there trains differently. And some people, some people thrive from getting shouted at and, and other people just thrive because you don't say anything, but you just like, I'm yeah. disappointed if I'm honest. I thought you could do better. Yeah. And that and that'll crush so, you know what I mean? Yeah. Some people get crushed different ways and other people get inspired different ways. Yeah. And it's a really that you know, you're not just a boxing coach, you're you're a mentor, a social worker, yeah. uh, all sorts of different things. And sounds like a community police the, officer, doesn't it? Yeah. You have to get to know <laughs> social worker, to to mentor, know. someone to talk yeah. to, you know. Yeah. You have to you have to get to know your boxer. Yeah. Um uh, 
to understand what's going to make them better. Um, like if they're in a contest in between rounds, some of them will respond to, this isn't good enough, do this, yeah. do that, and that, they'll respond to that. If you do that to some of the others, it'll destroy them. So you have to you have to encourage them or say this was good, excellent, doing really well, but just do this now. You know, just different ways of communicating with them and um, finding out what they respond to. And yeah, that's the same as well anything really in the community. I suppose yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. good point. Yeah. <laughs> I was. It's a shame it's Monday because that's my one good you point. You start for PCC. Yeah. <laughs> I've just lost my one good point for the week and it's a Monday. I'm in trouble now. I've got to, get, I've got to blag the whole week. You know I, mean? I, I try and pull that out around a Wednesday or a Thursday. <laughs> but, it, but it is, isn't it? It's, it's about not chucking a blanket over every solution and understanding um, yeah. what, what individual needs are, what community needs are. And yeah, and yeah it's just how different people and different environments respond to what's going on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, I, obviously I do the boxing work and um, I get involved with the homeless project to a degree with trying to help them with, but I get the boxers involved in that as well, you know, to try and build a bit of a, what's the word I'm looking for? Charitable, is that the right word? Charitable yeah. spirit. Within yeah, community spirit, charitable um, spirit. Yeah, community spirit. Yeah, and, um, you know, and some, of those, some of those boxers are, are from not so good backgrounds. And uh, they've never done stuff like that before. And so, they, yeah, it's, it's all good, all good, all good work. I mean, it, it comes from, you know, like you, know, you and I are definitely from an era where people would, you know, look over the fence and see how their neighbour was. And the yeah. whole idea of kind of the whole community ethos was really just understanding that, you know, the neighbour extends to the neighbourhood, but extends to the village, to the town. And, you know, yeah. it, it's just, you know, not shitting on your own doorstep. Yeah, uh, and you know, I think I think the vast majority of people are still like that. It just it's just not harnessed properly uh, by by the police service. And um, yes, there are neighbourhood watch schemes, etc. But are they being serviced correctly by the police? Are, are they getting? Is it a two way thing, or are they getting disillusioned? Because yeah. um, I've heard some stories where they are disillusioned, where they're reporting things, and I think I was the point. What's the point of reporting if the police aren't going to do anything? Then the whole thing would collapse. On it, so you've got to support that community spirit. So I think there are, there's still the vast majority of people are still uh, good people. I know ninety nine percent of the people I know, per, you know, like personal friends and that that, that that they all like the police. They all think the police are essential. That yeah. There's no community without the police. But I don't know any of them that know a police officer. Yeah. I was, in fact, I was talking to someone um, from one of the villages around here, and they, they were on the parish council. They'd had a letter from um, from the local policing hub, because it's nowhere near the actual village, saying that the community inspector has now moved on. And they said, never heard of him. We've never met him. We've never heard yeah. of him. <laughs> but that, that, that's <laughs> you know, tell, tell him his thanks for everything, and he's moving on. <laughs> yeah, but that, that's but, what I mean. It's, it's so yeah. this kind of... this superficial way of working where everything's being streamlined forgets you can't streamline personalities you can't streamline connections that one-to-one -one connection you know when 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 people know who the police are and then they hear criticism of the police force 
in in the national news or whatever. They're like, well, that's not my police officer. Yeah. They they yeah. people separate the difference between a bad egg and the entire police force because their experience of their local police officers is well, I you know I know Mike. He he was all right, you know. He took care of yeah. me. He, he was all right. He he down the local boxing club. They don't think about. Yeah. They don't. Oh well, all coppers are bastards. That's that's not what comes yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. It's um. So I forgot where I was going there. <laughs> that's me rambling on. But, I forgot where I was going with that. But Sorry. it is, isn't it? Because people once they can put a name and a face to something, you, you're you're an individual. You're my friend. You're somebody I know. Yeah. And that's not yeah. my experience of you. And actually, yeah. when you knocked on my door and said, oh, you know, look, I, I, I hear you're you know, the, the local neighbourhood watch or something. Um, when's your next meeting? We're going to send a police officer down to, to have a chat, see how things going. Everybody's like, oh, they care. They give a shit. Yeah, I just, you know, there are massive issues with, with staffing. Um, so I understand what uh, the chief officers are up against. Uh, massive, massive issues with uh, funding, um, but there has to be a way, and um, I've got some ideas around that and uh, of getting more visibility. Um, ultimately, that that's a decision that the chief constable has to make. I mean, I can come up with all the ideas I want, but if the chief constable doesn't want to do that, that's uh, that's a matter for them. But um, yeah, I think you just need to get a little bit more creative, and, and I've always been a creative person. So, but do, do you think the police constables will be more willing if they realise that the PCC actually has their back and isn't just trying to have a political stepping stone? I think there's definitely a disconnect between PCC and uh, and the, the people that are out there doing it. Um, I don't want to be too critical because, you know, um, should we just say that I would be a much more uh, approachable, uh, accessible yeah. PCC. Uh, I would want to be regularly in touch with the people on the ground because for me, if you really want no one, and if you really want to know what's going on, don't listen to higher up the chain. They were just going to tell you what you want to hear listen to the people hmm. out on the ground, uh, get on the shop floor, uh, and then you'll get a good idea uh, of what's going on. And, and I do that. I've still got a lot of friends there. I, I know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, I went for a chief, uh, chief constable's briefing this morning with all the other candidates, and it was really enlightening. Um, it was a lot different to the stories that I'm being told <laughs> by people on the ground, which I kind of expected. Um but I guess the reality is somewhere in the middle, you know? And uh, so, yeah, but for me, if you want to know what's going on, speak to the people out there, do But that uh, comes uh, back around to what we were saying uh, in the beginning, wasn't it? Is you, yeah. as an ex-police officer with 30 years of experience, know the difference between a police officer that's doing a good job and is having trouble with yeah. the system and a police officer that's doing a bad job. Yeah. You know? And yeah. I remember when... I don't remember exactly when the PCCs first came about, but I, I do. Yeah, yeah I, I do remember it being in the news and everything. And the whole idea was to separate, was to have somebody that had the backs of the police force, and yeah. would it be the intermediate between the police force and the politicians? 
and it did it seems to have become exactly the opposite it's when you look at the makeup now of the pccs virtually i'll say with the exception of maybe two or three force areas are um are conservative pccs yeah so this is again why i think you need to be independent because yes there will be policies procedures coming down from the government and, and demands personally if i didn't think that was good for the people of wiltshire yeah. i would i'd kick back and um, like i say it doesn't but you and i know it's not possible it's not possible if you're a member of any political party be conservatives lib dems greens or labor whatever when the instruction comes down from your boss why why are you going to kick back <laughs> well you wouldn't no not, not if you value not if you value your career in your job yeah you're, you're not going to um, kick back because no. you know and that's why the pcc was always supposed to be elected uh, individuals and independents and this this isn't a career for me you know that this is i want to go in and do a good job for the people yeah. of Wiltshire. i've had my career i've had my police career and i've done i've run you know i set myself a challenge of running my own business but i'm working for myself and making success with that and i've done that for seven years this is just another challenge you know and like i say is i'm not doing it as a stepping stone to another political job i'm not doing it because i need to fulfill my ego uh, i'm not doing it because I want to get a knighthood or an MBE. I'd like an MBE, Mike, but not for the PCC. <laughs> <laughs> Services to boxing. Uh, yeah, I'm doing it because I genuinely want to do it and, and try and make a difference. So the people, the people, as I said this last time, people will try to have a choice, don't they? they? They can vote for politicians or they can vote for me. And whatever they choose is fine. You know, I'm not going to lose any sleep over if I don't, if I don't win, I'm not going to lose sleep. But no. uh, I, I think the PCC should be independent. And... Yeah. Um, if I did get elected, I'd be the only one in the country. So that would it's not uh, a bad place I'm to not, start, is it? It's not, but I'm not going to get many favours off the government, myself. No. <laughs> no, that's very true. And you're not going to be invited to many dinners, that's for certain. You no. Know? no. You know. Um, so swiftly changing it now to our other favourite topic, boxing. Yeah. Um, I forgot the lady's name that you were taking hey. you... Sorry? Beck Connolly. That's it. Beck Connolly. How's she yeah. doing? Yeah. Okay. So she, we had two fights on Sky, um, both against very good opponents, one taken at short notice. And um, we got through the fights. We got through, you know, we did, we did well. And um, and as a result of that, we've, we've parted company now because I basically, I just can't, if you're going to do something, you've got, yeah. you've got to give it a hand. And, and with everything I've got going on with, PCC, I can't, I can't give a hundred percent. And um, so, Beck's training with uh, someone in Swindon now, as I understand it. She's got a fight coming up in August, which again I think is on either on Sky or the Zone. I was going to, um, I was going to wonder how does that affect things now because everything because Eddie Hearn's given up uh, Sky, hasn't he? And has created the yeah. Zone with uh, those yeah. people in America. So, um, so I wish her all the best with that. Uh, tough. Tough girl. Yeah. And I hope she gets gets the results she wants. Um, but it is going to be yet another tough fight for her. Um, so I've kind of left the professional side of things now for a while until this election yeah. is sorted one way or the other. If I'm elected, then I'll probably have to leave the professional side of it for, for a little while longer. But yeah. um, my ultimate aim, and I did I had a moment of clarity, which doesn't have very often, but I had a moment of clarity. <laughs> it's like my good point. 
just before the Lions, just before the Lions game. And um, I just said to my wife that we're going to, you know, I've, I've worked seven years beyond the police. I've done my 30 years there. If I don't get elected, I'm going to wind down and I'm going to just run the boxing gym. And if I did that, then I would start to take professional boxers again. But that's, that's my love. Um, and that's ultimately, if I don't get elected, that's what I will do. If I do get elected, and I'll still got a few more years yet before I can consider that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I've had to sort of step back from pro side of it. Um, it was in at the deep end because that was my first pro and we were straight on Sky Sports. But, um, and of course, no crowds, which was yeah. weird. Yeah. Going into the bubble, going into the bubble for a week, weird. Um, but yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it while I was there. But in fairness, it, it's not. I'm not doing myself justice or back by dipping in and out of the. the no, no, for certain. Yeah, so because you know, good move by her to to go to Swindon then. Is, does she train full time then? Yeah, she's in camp at the minute for the stout in. Uh, 7th of August, I think, against uh, Ebony Bridges. From... Oh, right. Is that who she's fighting? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who Ebony Bridges is because she had that amazing fight last time. she came out yeah, of a hell of a busted uh, up eye. Shannon Courtland, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Shannon Courtland, yeah. Because I follow Ebony Bridges on uh, Instagram. Cause she's always, yeah, so yeah, yeah, because she's always posting up, well, she posts up a lot, lots of things. But she, <laughs> she actually does post up a lot of good stuff about boxing. You know, because yeah. she's yeah. just done a tour of Philadelphia. Yeah. She's uh, she's a good fighter actually. I was yeah. quite surprised by the fight with Shannon Courtney. How, how good she was! So um, that'll be an interesting fight for Beck. But um, hopefully she'll get a good payday and, and do well. So yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people um, were surprised by um, Ebony because of just ferocious. You know, I mean, she, she got outboxed. You know, let, let, let's be fair. Yeah. You know, but the worst kind of opponent to be up against because she she yeah. wasn't going down for anybody. No, you know, yeah. and she, and she, you know, and the smile on her face with her eyes stuck out here, you know, like a golf ball on the side. So like, Jesus Christ, yeah. you know what I mean, I, yeah. you know, I've already got to catch my finger and I'm in tears. You know, <laughs> you know yeah. Uh, tough, tough girl. So yeah. well, that will be a hard fight. I think she can punch as well. So, you know, interesting. I do, I do think, um, especially with those lower weights. And, and this applies to the men as well, to be fair. It's always dangerous if you've got somebody who's actually got a really good punch. Yeah. You know, because, you know, once you get above about mid, middleweight, super middleweight, the, the top guys tend to have a, a concussive punch, if not a, a knockout punch. Yeah. You know? yeah. But you don't see it so much sort of middleweights and below. In, in, in either sex, you know, the, the kind yeah. of, because the, the further up the tree you go, the better the chins are. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, but you get the odd one that comes through. I've forgotten the is he Chinese? I've forgotten his name. He's a featherweight, I think. He's a Chinese guy, and he knocks people. I know, out. I know, I know you're talking about. But I can't, I can't remember. Yeah, name. I can't remember if he's a featherweight or lightweight. Um, but he's got a ferocious punch. Do you know what mm. I mean? He's got like a super middleweight punch. On on a, do you know what I mean? On a guy who's like nine yeah. stone. Because he, he yeah. knocks out opponents, which is really... He has a really high knockout rate for a guy who's only like eight and a half, nine stone. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that's... Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm looking forward to the amateurs. 
from the bank because they they've dipped out now for eighteen months. So yeah, got our first first three boxing next weekend. Um, I can't make it unfortunately. One of the other coaches take home in Yorkshire for the weekend, but um, no, I'm not I'm really. I've missed the shows. Ben. Yeah, and uh, and when they're training, they need to go and box. Yeah, definitely, fights. definitely. So, yeah. how, how many guys have you got fighting uh, in, in the, the next one? So we've got three three lads fighting next weekend in Kent. Um, I've got some real good prospects coming through. Um, some very good female prospects too. Um, well, I think if they decide to go professional, they'll do very, very well. And um, But that's kind of two or three years off yet. Yeah. So mm. um, might coincide with if I do get elected, me finishing me. Yeah. My core of uh, <laughs> election. <laughs> Yeah. Not that I've been thinking about this too much, but, um, but yeah, so good to think about yeah. it. Yeah. So no, it's all, it's all good at the gym. Uh, yeah. I, I'm looking forward to getting back out and traveling around the country, uh, which will be difficult to get the PCC job. Cause yeah. you know, that'll be, well, Mrs. Reese is never going to see me. Is she? Cause during the week I'll be committing to PCC. Now that you've mentioned that, I was going to point out Mrs. Reese doesn't seem to mind that much. She's used to it. I was about to say, she doesn't seem to be saying, no, enough's enough, Mike. She lets you say, I might need to wind down. But at no point did you say, Mrs. Reese is like, yeah, you definitely need to wind down. Well, Mrs. Reese <laughs> works full time anyway. So I think when I said we'll wind down, she was quite up for that. So Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, wanted to, we want to go tour Europe and do stuff like this if, if we haven't allowed over again. But yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, the stuff we want to do, you know, while we're still reasonably young um, yeah so yeah that's fair but you know if i get elected then i'm going to be busy for a few years yet so so mrs reese will have to keep that full-time job um yeah yeah she will yeah, yeah. <laughs> just just one last thing um before um I, I we part company what are your feelings on the zone taking over and because boxing is no longer going to be on sky is it um i don't actually mind because I've got DAZN, but I can't, for some reason, get it on my telly. I can only get it on my phone. Oh. And um, I've just never been able to work out how to get it on the telly, uh, not even to beam it onto the telly. So I don't really mind who's got it, because it's only like one ninety nine. I was Yeah, because I was yeah, thinking of subscribing uh, to it. But some people can say they can do it, but I've just no. I'm a bit of a technophobe, and I haven't worked out how to get it onto the telly yet. So... Um, yeah, no. Once I can do that, I don't mind what it's on, so long as I can watch it. So. <laughs> I'll tell you what you might be able to do is, yeah. I think it's called CastBox. Download CastBox. Chrome, your... Chromecast? Could be. Because yeah, th then whatever's on your phone, you can play onto the TV. Yeah. Yes. Yes, that's a good idea. That's, that's the second two, good idea. That's two. <laughs> I'm in deep shit for the rest of the week. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note I'm going to call it quits thank you ever so much as always that's brilliant thank you very much yeah thanks David take care